They got a new setup here. Twitch. I wasn't familiar with it. Hey, everybody. Uh, did I dunk on Chomsky? I just said he was a lib. I'm just trying to be uh, descriptive, not uh, uh, not pejorative. The pejoratives are all filled in by your your cultural context. And that's why so much of trying to communicate politically is made difficult because you're trying to translate across different symbolic rep, like different symbolic orders. Like people have different words that mean the same word means different things to different people. The same word used by one person. That's very difficult. It makes translating across ideas very hard. We're lucky we're able to do it at all. Uh, so, uh, I've grilled since the grilling uh, of the steak, and I'm planning on grilling after the stream today uh, because I want to focus, but I gotta say, pretty cool, uh, a lot of, very satisfying, and delicious, and easier than it looks. It's one of those things I'm finding out uh, that my father and uncle sort of had these, you know, masculine abilities that as a child appeared almost magical, and then, you know, when you grow up as a as a stunted man-child, you never really pursue them, partially because you feel like you haven't earned them. And then you eventually do do them, and you're like, this isn't that hard. I build a fire, and I was like, building a fire, not hard. Grilling with charcoal, not hard. Uh, but I do want to get more ambitious. I want to do some seafood soon, and I really want to do... Um, uh, I want to smoke something. I want to smoke a big thing. I found out about the snake method with the with the fuse of coals and about you got to put a, a tray of water in there. I think I got it. And oysters too. I got a plan for oysters. So it's going good. Yeah, I, I have a big hunk of pig. I want to I want to smoke. Uh, gonna smoke that smoke on that lound pig. Gonna smoke that lound pig. The lound long pig. Brisket is so hard. I've, heard, I've had so few briskets professionally cooked that I liked. I don't think I'm going to have a lot of uh, luck doing it myself. But, I mean, it's cheap, so I'll give it a shot. Yeah, see, that's the thing. I gotta figure there's gotta be a long, uh, as they say, a, a, a steep learning curve with brisket. But since it's a cheap cut, presumably you can you can keep experimenting. What's going on, guys? What's, what do people want to talk about? I'm pretty uh, pretty up relaxed today. No particular agenda. Nothing. Nothing is grinding my. Gears, as Peter Griffith would say on The Family Guy, everyone's favorite show. Oh, I knew someone was going to ask about Chaz. Uh, I think that the whole Chaz deal is really, really, dis dis really, really, really—it's uh, a—it's a—it's a powerful uh, descriptive teaching tool, just for exactly how uh, we've sort of been conditioned to, to think about politics and, and, and society on the internet. It's, it's this absolute, uh, this thing that you look at, and it's happening in front of you, and even in an era when we're all claiming total knowledge of everything, right, because everything is at the click of a fingertip, obviously we can know anything pretty well to make, certainly we, will, we know everything well enough to have fucking opinions on them. How many people have wrapped so much of themselves around opinions about foreign policy and things happening in countries they've never been to, where they speak languages they don't know, but they still feel confident enough because of their access, their access to information, that they know enough to have really strong opinions about it. And so the Chaz has happened. I'm across the country. Most of the people commenting about it one way or the other are not there. Uh, so I don't really know what's going on there. I have heard everything that everyone has heard, that it's like a, uh, that it's this dual power bastion of, uh, of, of communalized living, that it's a glorified, it's a glorified, <clears throat> I'm sorry, that it's just a glorified park 
with uh, some infrastructure added collectively, uh, that it's a Mad Maxian hellscape uh, of uh, war warlords and robber bear uh, and like robber kings, SoundCloud rapping uh, dictators, like a V.S. Naipaul story. And. I'm of course certain that most of the information I'm getting about it is not correct or is motivated in some way or another by the people who are proffering it. Certainly all the stuff about how scary and dangerous it is, the police have every interest in amplifying that. But, so the stream comes out, the stream of information about Chaz comes out, and people, depending on their perspective on things like anarchism versus uh, communism, or uh, you know, uh, reformism versus revolution, or electoralism versus direct action, or where people who have strong opinions on these different strands of leftist infighting, they're going to come to the Chaz with their predetermined uh, uh, perspective that it's either a pathetic waste of time or the first green shoots of a, of a revolutionary tradition that's going to carry on the work of the Paris Commune. And they're operating off of the exact same informational base, right? And they're doing the same thing without knowing it, which is every piece of evidence that they see that countermands their idea of what the Chaz is, is subject to rigorous, brutal scrutiny. It, it, who said this? Where did this come from? Where did this, who said what? What was the motivation? Are we sure it's not a cop? What's going on? And anything that confirms what you already wanted to think about Chaz, you, I mean, I'm sure you'll give it a little bit of due diligence if, you, if you're trying to be uh, serious and getting your takes perfectly sharpened, but you're not going to give it anywhere near the scrutiny that you gave the information that was against what you thought about Chaz. And so that means that you have these people fighting over Chaz on the internet that is literally fighting over two, uh, two caricatured uh, puppet versions of the thing that's being discussed, the shadow versions. And of course that's always the case, uh, but to see it happen right in front of us and to see the, the, the conventional wisdoms immediately coalesce and how the same informational stream is tailored to one or the other it doesn't give you a lot of hope for the idea that the internet is uh, a, on, on balance better for social organizing because the theory is always, oh, you can get information to people, but they're filtering that, inf as that information is getting filtered through all these baffles, it's being controlled by uh, privatized corporate interests, it's directed towards profit, uh, and it's being consumed by people who have been further acculturated away from being able to recognize true from false information. Uh. <clears throat> so I would say uh, I don't know enough of what's going on at Chaz. I, I wish them well, certainly. I don't want them to all get uh, beat up or anything, or anybody to get shot by the National Guard. I don't think that it is a any kind of real commune. I don't, I mean, apparently they're not actually occupying any buildings, and they don't have independent access to things like electricity and sewage and stuff like that. And if you don't have that ability, you don't, you're not really independent in any way from the state. You are so, you're there essentially at the sufferance of the state, which can be withdrawn at any moment. And that, I mean, that's not, that violates any definite, meaningful definition of independence or autonomy. If it can be rescinded at any time, unilaterally, then you don't really have autonomy. I mean, I don't think at this point a lot of people are actually claiming it is. They're just, they're hopefully pointing out that this is one more unprecedented thing in a year of unprecedented things, which means that the old assumptions about what's possible are not holding and it would be foolish to hold on to, in fact, given how fluid everything is. And I agree with that. It's just that that doesn't necessarily arc in only the positive direction. It, it, can, it can mean unprecedented in every direction. Yeah, that's a, that's a very good. That's very funny. I saw the picture of the of the farm they have, like, and it does look like the Matt Damon potato poop farm that he had inside the little thing uh, in uh, in the Martian. 
I mean, okay, this is a good question. Is the illusion of, of their autonomous useful for future direct action? That it's the question of that. The question of like self hypnosis and 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 uh, the enchanting yourself towards a goal uh, is it is is more complicated than it appears because you can say people need to believe in order to to act, and that's a hundred percent true. You have to believe in order to act. Now, part of that is 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 motivated by selfless sort of love, a universal love that allows for your personal body to be sacrificed for a greater good. But since we're not a really spiritual culture, much more of it is I want to do good in the world, make things better, see things get better. And that is a completely different animal. Uh, and that is much less less harder to, to, to inculcate because of how hard everything appears to be. How few options for change seem to be effective or even within grasp. That means that people have less motivation to, to, to push forward. So there has to be a degree of self-delusion. We have to all delude ourselves a little bit or else nothing can change by definition. But if you delude yourself too much, it fucks up your uh, deliberative process and you end up putting all that effort towards the wrong things. It's very difficult and I don't have an answer. And I think it comes down to the degree to which you balance all of these things. The degree to which you balance uh, your investment in one thing with, with your at least awareness of others. Oh, this person has apologized for making fun of my grilling relative to Starvros. I wasn't annoyed by it. It's just that you, you put us in direct competition instantly, and that really is antithetical to the grill pill. Because as soon as you're comparing grilling, you have lost. You're now back in the marketplace. Oh, how am I going to beat this guy? Well, there's only so much. You know, maybe it's not all talent. Oh, maybe I can get a different type of uh, type of coals. Maybe I can get. And you're no longer trying to satisfy yourself. You're no longer trying to create a moment. You're trying to beat somebody else. That that competition will then be escalated through the market until you've completely cut it yourself off from why you did it in the first place. I understand that that's the instinct. Everyone's instinct is to is to judge themselves relative to others, and you know you have to do that in an objective sense just to know where you're orientated in space. But you shouldn't put you shouldn't put any heat behind it. It should just be something that you can acknowledge. Like that guy's better than me at this. Do I want to get better, or does do I not care that much? As opposed to being wounded, being in, uh, uh, angry. Uh, no good. Guilt is a terrible, terrible thing to to uh, to motivate uh, behavior, because for one thing, it can be sated with something short of actually changing things. Like, why do you think white guilt is so predominant among liberals? It's because it can be extinguished through ritualized acts, like getting on, getting on. Uh, cameo with Sarah Paulson and being like yo I take responsibility you don't think they feel a little cleansed after that you don't think they feel like they've done some rosaries so that guilt washed away has anything changed nope in fact uh, since there's so little positive you know spirituality in people feeling like you've done something to absolve guilt is sort of all people have to feel like they're doing anything moral since their day-to-days are just mechanical transactions in the marketplace so at a certain level you need guilt in order to absolve it if there wasn't racism that would make it that that would be terrible for liberals how could they how could they hold themselves above the mass of whites who they are economically superior than other than just saying fuck it and going so so of uh, social Darwinist, they can't do it. Social Darwinist. I think I might. Yeah. Social Darwinist. So they need the guilt, and so they need that to always be happening, and uh, they're validated then by their knowledge of their uh, guilt, like. The reason Tennessee Coates is so popular among white liberals is because he essentially tells them, 
nothing can ever really get better because racism is so deeply ingrained in America. It's it's like in the DNA. It can't be eradicated. There's no there's nothing to hold on to to pry it loose. There's no there's no Archimedean lever. Uh, and what if, as you're if you're if you're a granite top granite counter table ass white person who is aware that he lives in a wildly uh, unequal society and a wildly wildly unequal uh, global uh, marketplace and, and society. And he is somehow on the top of this thing through, if he's a good liberal, he knows not much of his own worth or value, but through luck and uh, family position and whiteness. Uh, what, 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 what reason does he have to have those nice granite countertops when so many people don't? Well, he reads Tennessee Coates, and at the end of it, he deserves those counter granite countertops because he recognizes that he doesn't actually deserve them. So that gives him entitlement to them because why are things bad not because of me not because of my granite counter table not because of the relentless the relentless socially destructive vampiric demand of capital that i am a fucking parasite on the top of no 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 none of that it's this ingrained racism which i of course through personal virtue mostly not the fact that i was in a class of people who send their kids to college where they learn these as values and inculcate them as values basically of manners of the of the of the uh, bourgeois like that is what school is really for it is to give you the manners of the the bourgeois that's what it's always been uh and i mean it, beyond specific uh uh you know technical skills that you learn which are for most people not that many uh, it's it's networking and it's being inculcated into bourgeois morality, which in the co current context is anti-racist. That is that's the hegemonic uh, uh, bourgeois value system is anti-racist. So, you, but to the liberal who reads Tennessee Coates, no, no, I got that way through being a, a more sensitive person and reading Tennessee Coates, not because I went to college and they told me this is how you be a rich person, this is how other rich people act, this is how people in the industry that you're going to want to uh, succeed in act, and here they are, and oh, now they met you, and they know that you're a good person too. No, 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 it's a personal virtue. It was that they, they rose up from the depths of white ignorance and frailty to conquer the racism, uh, which means that they deserve to be wealthy. It would, it's a shame for all those poor people, but the black poor people are being held down by those racist white people, and the poor white people they're too racist. They can't, they keep stopping us from doing good stuff because they just hate black people more than they even want to feel, uh, have healthcare or even any kind of countertops. It's too bad, but well, well. And look at this. Now I have, now I have literally laundered my guilt about these granite countertops to the effective change of nothing. I thought, I, actually, I think Olaf Palm was pretty based. I mean, if he did get killed by, like, the Global Gladio Network, which I think he did, uh, anybody anybody they they sought uh, worthy of uh, destruction was probably pretty based. Ruth First was pretty based, and the South African police blew up her mailbox in Mozambique. Dag Hammerstahl was being pretty based when he was going to intervene actually uh, as an act, have the UN intervene as an actual disinterested intermediary in a post-colonial uh, uh, conflict? Imagine if that had been allowed to spread. No, 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 no. The theory about Palm is that he was, he was mobilizing anti-apartheid sentiment and mobilizing, most importantly, towards, uh, towards economic boycott, which was what they recognized an existential threat, as they recognized was an existential threat to apartheid and ended up being an existential threat to apartheid. Father Coughlin based or cringed. Uh, Anti-Semitism is so cringe. I'm sorry. It's supposed to be the most base thing, but really it shows us that you just gave up on the fucking homework halfway through. Everyone's like, these guys all think, oh, you, you, you guys are all uh, cringe soy posters with your capitalism as a, as a mode of production that structures social relationships. No, 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 no. It's a special group of evil wizards who, who, Use everybody as a puppet. 
which one is more plausible? Which one is more West? Which one uh, corresponds to the beloved Western uh, rational tradition and empirical traditions that they claim to want to represent? Evil band of fucking wizards, or the idea that our social relationships are determined entirely by the productive forces and, and economic uh, structures of the society we live in, which are in turn uh, entirely de determined by the actual environment that we find ourselves in, the, the material conditions, literally, as in land, sea, resources, geography. Evil wizards is easier to understand because most people are dumb, because, uh, as August Babu said, anti-Semitism is the socialism of fools. It's when you're, it, it get, capital gets too hard towards the end and there's too much fucking math and you say, throw it away and just say, wait a minute, Protocols of the Elders of Zion, it's a bunch of dudes in capes hanging out in a fucking cemetery talking about eating babies? This is way more interesting. Yeah, 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 yeah. Hours of labor, power, times, uh, labor days. Get this out of here. I mean, that is cringe. To run up the flagpole of your intellect that hard, just so that you could post uh, harder and, and trigger the normies as though that means anything? Pathetic. So that means that Father Coughlin uh, was, in fact, cringe. But then again, you know, he was an Irish-American. I haven't started Ulysses yet. I finished Moby Dick. I'm going to reread Blood Meridian next because uh, I always kind of knew that it, was, it, it functions as, a, as an intentional sequel or response, I guess, to Moby Dick from McCarthy across the centuries, you know? Uh, but with the same sort of like the symbolic order f flipped to land uh, and, you know, Moby Dick into Holden, uh, uh, Judge Holden, uh, and it's the same year too. I think, or, or uh, it takes place the same year, or around the same era, like uh, 18th. Yeah, or uh, it's, it, it takes place the same year that Roby, Moby Dick was written. Anyway, um, but after just finishing Moby Dick, I thought, oh, that'd be fun to read them one in one as like a direct response to the other. I think that uh, what happens in the Jakes at the end, spoiler alert, is that the child, the kid is subsumed within the judge. I think that's the final, uh, it's his, it's his, it's his resistance to what the judge represents being finally defeated. Well, it's. I mean, I'm probably going to read a number of ones before I get to Ulysses, so maybe I'll wait. I'll I'll wait around till next year, then get it right for Bloomsday next year. I should read Gaddis. I've never. I never have. I'm gonna. A lot of those guys have never really spoken to me before, but now I think I'm going to give them a look. Uh, my beard routine, I don't have one. I, I have a beard balm, but I very rarely use it. And then it does kind of get itchy sometimes. But in the summer months, it's moist out enough that uh, it's self-cleaning. But in the winter, it does get pretty itchy when I forget to do the beard balm. I'm finally starting to get some gray hairs, I've noticed. It's taken a while, but they're finally coming in. I've never done Duolingo. I don't know how it works. I guess it's it's like it's turn it's memifying or gamifying learning a language. That sounds cool. I've never done it though. I could bear, I, I I've decided that I'm just going to go all in on English because my brain can't really divide. Literally, I have very bad math skills. Uh, Infinite Jest is good. I've read it. Of course, I read it before uh, I got on Twitter all the time. I never would have been able to finish it otherwise. But it's I think it's very good. Uh, and I feel like if people, 
you know, nowadays every all art has to directly reflect the current moment, you know, which is a pretty, it's a pretty shallow way to read literature, not a very useful one, and um, also creatively very uh, la very dull and static, and because and, and, you already know, I mean, if you're aware of the world around you, seeing it reflected in writing or in, or in, in film or something is not very uh, interesting. It's, oh, yep, 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 uh-huh, yep. History should tell you something about all of time. I mean, a book should, tell, should have something to say to you about uh, you know, universal conditions, because what that ends up meaning is that instead of being sort of uh, instantly dated the way that most things that are explicitly supposed to be about now are, books that are more timeless, they get they gain resonance retroactively. This is all a way to say that If It Adjust is one of the best things I've ever read that describes the current moment. It was written in the mid-90s. And the things he talks about in there at the time were still sort of incipient. They were all they were they were they were currents, but they were they were not they were hard to hear. You know, the way that sometimes out on the prairie uh, uh, a radio station will glance off of some barbed wire and you can hear a little bit of static as opposed to just the thundering din that they are now uh, but he was vibing on that frequency and so so instead of trying to be about now it's about the things that are making now which means that they gain resonance over time as the predictive power is uh, increased so I think it's good Uh, Stavros's grilling looked great, I have to say. Uh, he inspired me I want to do more f seafood. Because uh, I think that'd be really fun. Those, those octopi looked... Yeah, so nothing but respect for Stavros. See, I don't want to do it better than him, but he's like, oh, but like, hey, he's got, he's got octopus. I'd like to try it. Seeing somebody do something good should give you... Instead of making me mad that they're doing it better than you, it should give you inspiration. Hey, that can be done. And if I want to do it, let's see if I can. It's about the motivation, though. If you're trying to do it to beat the other person, then it will be a hollow. If you're trying to do it for its own end or for an application towards a greater good, all of a sudden, the, the corrosion of competition has been replaced with the convivial uh, social bonding of cooperation without even having to say a thing. You're cooperating without words, even being spoken. Because you're not accumulating negative feelings towards one another and you're not entering into a, entering into a destructive waste of resources. I'm definitely going to watch uh, The Five Bloods, yes. Uh, they're finally... This is, I think, like the first time since quarantine that they've dropped anything really good on streaming. Um... Yes, looking forward to it. I've played Quiplash. It's pretty fun. I would like to play more. Can you play it on here? I don't. The thing is, I don't know. I think that might be fun to do, like as a stream. But I don't know how to do it. Me and Chris are going to try to do, try to figure out a way to go to the office, maybe and stream from there. Maybe some Civ, maybe some Quiplash. In fact, I might. Uh, I might suggest in the in my uh, in the Chapo chat that, that we do a Quiplash Twitch stream soon. Maybe hit up the FYM guys. Jealousy rivalry is a better motivator than guilt. Jealousy, no, because you get the, the same destructive emotional spiral as you do with guilt. Competition uh, or uh, can be if it's towards a goal. You have to be self-motivated. Is the thing. It can't. It cannot be. It has to be an emotion wrapped around a goal, and the goal is 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 immunitized through action. It, they reinforce each other. It's very, it's, 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 it, I'd say the upshot is don't fucking, you don't, it's not necessary to try to, uh, 
analyze other people's goal or other people's motives for anything because how can you ever know you'll never know all you can even come close to approximating and not even then completely is your own so focus on that ask yourself why you're doing what you're doing that's it that's all you can ever do and then the, pro the problem as I said with the internet is everyone assumes each other's motivations and as a way to contextualize their arguments which means they're not really engaging with an argument they're engaging in a process of evaluating a person uh, and, 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 and judging their intent, which is, like I've said, it leaves you own, uh, totally at the mercy of people who can speak the right words, who can, who can mouth the shibboleths, which means you're, even though you're, you have to be wildly paranoid of everyone, you end up being the most credulous rube. How many people who wanted to dunk on the Chaz thing instantly shared everything they saw, no matter where it came from, what, how many uh, how recently the account had been created, any kind of chain of evidence that it had been, hadn't been tampered with or uh, emerged from uh, 4chan or something. No, it's just seen it, click on it. And it's true with everybody. Because it comes, it's, it's, it's going through the right chute. Oh boy, what is walking on the path of the beam? I've been thinking about this for a while, and I'm trying... I don't want to get too esoteric, but it basically comes down to... If you recognize the, the, the truth that all human acts are predestined and predetermined by what came before them, right? There's no such thing as free will in reality. Like I have said many times... Free will is inextricably linked to consciousness, so everyone has free will because free will is consciousness. But from outside, every person's behavior is completely conditioned. What that means is it's conditioned throughout its entirety. It's not just everything that has happened in the past, it's everything that will happen in the future. Because the more antecedents you are conscious of, of where, why you're choosing to do what you do, the more you are aware of the inevitability of the next act, which is just another way of saying deciding what to do next. So if you are fully, if you develop consciousness through like a spiritual practice, meditation, psychedelics, uh, 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 Buddhist or Taoist ritual, and get to get closer, you are, you are making an effort towards getting to a state where you are aware and conscious of as many emotional and physical antecedents to your decision to the moment you're living in as possible which means that it is easy for you to discern not fully but vaguely the the path that you should be taking now it's already written down it's on rails it's on rails but you can see it or at least the direction it might be headed uh, the, the, the more that you are present and conscious in the moment. And that is recognizing the path, and then that reduces the emotional feedback, the emotional negative, the, the fear, the fear and anxiety of, of uncertainty that deforms our choices and pushes us off of that path towards, towards uh, what is essentially... It will still be inevitable because your brain, you weren't there enough, is the thing. It's going to happen either way, and that's the hardest thing to get around. But you still have to make the choices. And if you can see sort of a direction in front of you, even vaguely, you'll make better choices, and that'll make it easier for you to not react to your next choice, burdened by emotional baggage, which is the real thing that fucks us up, is that we are not operating newly each moment, confronting the moment for what it is, we're confronting it through the lens of all of our past experiences and the accumulated emotional responses to those, many of which are very, very traumatic, very uh, negative. 
in which we wrap feelings around beyond those that we're not even aware of. Like, that's the thing. 95% of the universe is Marx, 5 is Freud. And the 5 is, the Freud is that fact that we have a subconscious association between our, our experiences and our emotions that we are not aware of and that presses us forward unconsciously responding to what's happening emotionally. And we have to, the only way to reduce that, the only way to reduce the influence of it anyway, is to strip it of emotional power in the moment. The power of emotion in the moment to direct your hand. Not to become unemotional, not to, not to sever yourself from emotion. That's a big reason that I, that I uh, resisted Buddhism for a long time, because I said, I love, the, I love people, I love these things in the universe. I can't imagine living in a world without love. Now, all emotions are still fully felt and, and accessible, but they are not drivers of your behavior. You are not driven, at least you are driven less by desire, which pulls you off the beam. Do I have any desire to leave New York? I, I mean, I, I've realized now that I could live anywhere as long as I have the right environment around me, specifically of people. That's all I really care about. So I will go where, where I think uh, the best, best human, uh, the, the best human ecosystem, and actual ecosystem, because that's going to be more important in the coming years, uh, exists. If I was going to move back to the Midwest, I think I would move to Pittsburgh. I love Milwaukee, but uh, Pittsburgh is just so damn charming. Although I do really like open water. I am a, I'm a coastal boy. I'm an inland coastal boy. Those rivers don't really do it for me. The problem in New York is that you're never really aware that you're this close to the water. It's very hard to get out there. It's like, oh god, gotta get on the Q train for 45 minutes just to see some water. And also the Atlantic, come on. Somewhere on the Pacific. The Pacific Ocean, I mean, it's the goat ocean. There's a, there, there's a, there's something about the Pacific. Pittsburgh is just, it's, it's this Paris of Appalachia, and it's not technically the Midwest, I would say, but it is, it's a Rust Belt city, which is, frankly, one of those subsections of the Midwest that is, uh, you know, Venn diagram it. It's because it's so much of a Rust Belt city and Rust Belt is so much a feature of the cultural identity of the upper Midwest. It's like a, it's like a cousin. The copters are out again today. We got, we got the copters out. We got the copters out. What else you guys want to talk about? Ha, <laughs> Chuck Wendig. That guy, that guy's hilarious. Uh, I mean, everyone, the joke everyone has made about Chuck Wendig is, is that obviously nobody, he's not losing any money out of any of these free book sharing services because no one reads his shit. And I want, and so that makes some people think that he's uh, basically a frontman for some sort of Lars Ulrichian anti-Napster cabal of more popular writers who don't want to get dragged for filth. And I think that's reasonable because, like, hey, Chuck Wendig doesn't have a reputation to destroy. He can he could be the whipping boy. There's something to that, maybe. 
but also, have, I think people undercount that he might the power of human delusion. There's a real chance that Chuck Wendig thinks that the thing that is standing between him and like a stable career in uh, uh, in the letters in the world of literature is that people can read a shit for free. He might really think that once they can't do this anymore, I'm going to see the ducats roll in. And I don't know what his day job is, but you'll get to quit it. I mean, that's how people, you know, if people have an out that uh, it allows them not to confront, like, the reality of their situation, they will take it. Pretty much always. Which is, once again, what makes the internet so uniquely vile is that the internet tells you at every point there is an escape hatch. There is a way out of this conundrum. There, this, the, the material constraints you find yourself in, they don't have to be worked through. They could be escaped by flying to a higher level of abstraction on the internet wings. And that is, uh, that's, the, that's what traps us all. And it's amazing how many people who view themselves as materialists can't see that. Every element of the internet is designed to give you instant gratification, to alleviate every boredom Every, every uh, dissatisfaction of your life by keeping you on the internet. Pornography for your lusts, uh, video games for your, for your unengaged intellect. Why the hell, uh, but at every point, it's only there to stoke them further to maintain your investment on the inter- in, in the internet uh, as a market platform and as, as a consumer platform. Why would politics be any different? Why would, this, why would that it, it not um, uh, reinforce the same structures that it's designed to reinforce for every other human dissatisfaction? I think it's because people think they can outsmart the machine. And you can do it once in a while. But it's a house always wins type situation. Because you're on there so much that there's no way you can keep up your guard long enough to not eventually get swept up in the tide. I'm doing pretty good, guys. Thanks. Thanks for asking. I hope you guys are all doing well. It's very nice here today. It was muggy and rainy yesterday, but it's nice and crisp and beautiful. Oh my god. Virgil and I have... Somebody says, we need a Bene Gesserit version of the internet. Virgil and I have talked about that. Yes, he's okay. Uh, in fact, we're... We're, we're, in, we're in talks. Um, but this, I just had to, this reminded me of a very good idea that we had together. Uh, and it was that people can't handle the internet. That is what we both have come to the conclusion of. People can't handle the internet. We need to do a Butlerian jihad against the internet, but not to destroy it to cre- by creating a Mentat or Bene Gesserit type class of people whose job it is, who are selected for the purpose of absorbing the internet. And then they could be trusted to translate it to the rest of us through uh, more um, stable media, you know, writing, oral uh, tradition, film. Uh, basically to be like a new art class, and an, uh, interpreting instead of the material world, interpreting the internet uh, for people so that they don't all lose their minds. Uh, and I think both Virgil and I agree that we can both be, we, we both must, it is our destiny to be members of this class, uh, but that there needs to be a, a real screening process. And, and, and we need to uh, orient us, ourselves around happiness differently to acknowledge that, yes, technically you are losing freedom by not being able to go to the internet in, in some sort of abstract sense, uh, but you are gaining a, a, a lifetime of uh, human connection, you're gaining you're gaining a soul essentially, because instead of instead of sporting out all of your anima, all of your jouissance into a dead cable, leaving you uh, a mas- uh, just an empty husk of, of 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 unutilized human potential. Do you call that, could you call that in any meaningful sense freedom? We don't allow people to sell themselves into slavery, nor should we. We cannot allow people to make the free choice 
to to destroy all all that could make them into a better person, to make them into a more complete, more spiritually intact person, um, so that they can alleviate for a moment the suffering of being a human by constructing a shadow version of humanity, a puppet that they can manipulate across uh, cyberspace. Meanwhile, their body, picture of Dorian Gray style, is 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 shriveling up. Their soul is shriveling up. But there's good stuff on there, and it's very good for memes and uh, and owning and uh, it's it's a very fast, it's a very frictionless form of communication. But you have to have a certain uh, you have to have a certain symbolic dexterity, I guess is how I would put it, to handle it. And not everyone can. I barely can, and then I mostly can't. There are people who do it way better than me. I might not even make it into the Mentad class if we had to do like tests for it or something. But it's sure as shit cannot be everyone. That's insane. Putting, letting anybody just suck on that hose is nuts. That we should not allow it. My favorite building? That's a good question. I don't think I have one because I'm not really an architecture guy. I, I don't have a lot of knowledge. Uh, not, I don't even really have opinions. Vaguely in favor of brutalism. Uh, like Art Deco. Very normy. Not a lot of stuff. So as a result of the Art Deco thing, I really like the Chrysler building. In New York, at least, I really like the Chrysler building. Uh, and also, uh, the Brooklyn Historical Society is like a red brick terracotta thing. It's really cool. It's got a lot of busts on it. I'm gonna have to re. I don't usually re rewatch these now that I'm feeling more moored, but I'm gonna have to rewatch this one just to see if I didn't start speaking tongues halfway through it. Oh man, when you think about what they did to the fucking, uh, what they did to uh, Madison's, was it Madison Square Garden? Penn Station. What they did to Penn Station. My God. Just. Like, you want to talk about the Taliban? That was the fucking Taliban. Uh. Yeah, Penn Station is like an experiment in human spiritual degradation. How much will you take and for how long? Being just squeezed into... It's, it's a test to see, can people live in a habit trail? How long can they exist as characters from Metropolis before they just start chewing on each other like rats cornered in a fucking edge... in the in a dead end of a sewer pipe? Very bad place. Very bad, uh, very, very bad juju there. No thank you. Union Station's nice. There's a lot, there's still some really nice train stations in this country. Uh, Penn, uh, the downtown train station in Philadelphia is really nice. Union Station in D.C. is nice. Uh, we were just at the one in Boston. That one's not bad. But uh, Penn Station is an absolute garbage dump. I have talked about Napoleon uh, a good amount uh, on, on previous previous YouTubes. I've never even started Knausgaard. That's that's Ver, that's Felix's thing. I, I think I'll have to do a lot of reading before I can get around to Knausgaard. Although now I think I understand the appeal more than I did. You know, turning the humdrum into something profound. Obviously that's everyone's task. Uh, and therefore it should be artists as well. But for a bit.
What do I think it means that Trump clearly ordered the army to kill everybody and they said no? I don't know if it's that dramatic, but there was clearly pushback on an organizational level from the military against Trump when he attempted to uh, uh, call them out. Which tells me definitively, really, and I already thought this was true, but now I absolutely believe it to be the case, is if Trump cannot do any kind of suspend the, uh, the Constitution, uh, crack down, uh, uh, not have the election kind of thing, like say, or, or invalidate the results of the election if they go against him. Because uh, the people who would have to carry out those orders won't do it. Uh, and that's not because they're great people, it's not because they are, are Antifa, it's because they have no investment in Trump. Trump is just some guy who's passing through. The, the Republican Party has, you know, deep and necessary ties to uh, the Pentagon, but so do the Democrats. And the perpetuation of that system, the duopoly, is much more useful to them than, what, shattering all of the illusions of democratic nor norms and governance for Trump over Biden, a guy who doesn't threaten them in the least, a guy who's going to give them more money and let them blow up more people? What would be the percentage for them to do it? Now, if you have some sort of, like, deep crisis around an election, like, say we have a, a, a 22,000-type deal again, uh, and this time only way worse because half the states uh, don't allow any absentee balloting, even in the middle of a pandemic, and have 12-hour wait lines, and, and their results are declared illegitimate by the other half. Meanwhile, those people, those blue states, they all have almost all probably mail-in ballots because it's a fucking pandemic and those results are called instantly uh, Ill illegitimate and then state governors start like mobilizing then you could have maybe a Thailand style thing where this petty political squabble is uh, just wiped off the board by the military coming in and going alright forget about this you guys are too heated about this stuff we gotta give you a timeout. we gotta get you new people to rattle your, your cages but not so much uh, uh, keeping you like uh, within the fold and then maybe a couple of years down the line it's like alright you guys is everybody cool down is everybody taking a deep breath have have enough of the necessary like uh, institutional barriers to military rule in that period uh, gone away if so we can have another election but yeah they're not gonna they're not gonna they're not gonna have a uh, they're not gonna do a coup on Trump's behalf they would they would do a coup on their own behalf, as, 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 as what they imagine themselves to be and what we all imagine them to be, fantastically, a, a non-political arm of government. Now, of course, that's silly, but once again, what actually is and how people perceive it have nothing to do with each other, and, and it's how they perceive it that actually dictates how they respond politically. The people, the vast majority of Americans have faith in the military because they view it as nonpartisan. That is why it's the only bipartisanly supported institution. That doesn't just mean those people, it means the people who make up the military. They're wrong, they don't, but they don't even know it. They, of course, it's like, yeah, you're political. You, you serve the agenda of this, you know, dual, duopolistic uh, bourgeois class dictatorship. <coughs> but they don't know that. They actually think they're apolitical. That's how things like false consciousness <coughs> operate. It's, it, op it hits everybody. Because nobody is aware of the concrete. People are only aware of its symbolic representation in culture. How are you supposed to access real things like the economy, or the mode of production, or capitalism, or class, when they're not reproduced in the, in the cultural firmament, when they're translated into things like race, into things like political party, into things like nation state? <coughs> But no, I've said before that our most likely outcome of, a, of an abrogation of democracy is not going to be through a popular fascist movement. It is going to be through some sort of officer's coup along, uh, along the lines of Thailand or, or, or Egypt, uh, which seeks to <coughs> uh, neutralize a, 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 a conflict that at the end of the day is not material. It is political. 
Like, this whole second Civil War thing is going to be fought in the minds of the people who imagine it. Would be fought between half of the population, all of whom are equally invested in a delusional notion of their government, their political economy, be determined at the level of party policy and the level of party uh, <coughs> party politics. They're, they're, shared, they're sharing that delusion. That can be remedied pretty easily by the deeper and more enduring structures of the state, like the military. All right, I'm going to be logging off in a minute here. Uh, anybody else got a question before I say adieu? <coughs> oh, excuse me, guys. Uh, red pill you on the, tr the Treaty of Westphalia? It did not create the uh, modern nation-state system. That is, in fact, a backfilled uh, post-facto justification for later, uh, later figures. So there, you're red-pilled on the Treaty of Westphalia. Thoughts on left accelerationism. Again, I don't know what it means because unless you're talking about things like voting for Trump or something, it's this confusion about material, about 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 base and superstructure again. Observing that the only way that things are going to get better is if this, the current cultural and political deadlock is broken by a downward change in conditions. Uh, that's not... That's just a recognition of the conditions we're in. We're in crisis. Capitalism is in crisis. The line is going down. Is that accelerationism to point that out? I don't even know what... Once again, it feels like it's everything's coded with these connotations uh, that are meant to file them around, uh, file them mentally around emotional responses. You're supposed to have like a, a res emotional response to these things because it doesn't seem like we're describing the same phenomena. Because accelerationism, it seems identical to to uh, analysis in the current moment. It's just describing what the conditions are. I guess that's what I don't get. Uh, the fake black, the fake actors, Black Panther people. I 100% think that those are people who are trying to get uh, clout for the gram. I know people are like, oh God, it's COINTELPRO all over again, and I guarantee you there's tons of COINTELPRO people all over the place. But why the hell would you hire real actors? That's the, what the QAnon people say when they're like, look, the guy who, uh, uh, Derek Chavon looks like Ben Bailey from Cash Cab. Why would you hire a guy who's been on television to become even more famous as a different guy, even without changing his face? It doesn't make any fucking sense. Uh... Why would, you, uh, why would you pick somebody who can be Googled under, you know, actor or brand ambassador? You've, if the point of it is to troll, I guess, then fair on you. But if the point of it is to actually exert influence on the movement as it exists, then it seems like it's counterproductive. I mean, are, is there anything that would mediate against people taking this moment to boost their brand? Is there anything in our culture that would stop that from happening? No. There are only currents in this culture that would basically ensure that that would happen. Is flow from progressive part of Antifa? I didn't know that. But I might be wrong. I mean, I'm not guaranteeing anything. All right, guys. Uh, one more question, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna start grilling over here. Hey, I'm grilling here. Hey, uh, is I know this isn't a question, but I do agree. Floyd from progress, flow from progressive, not Floyd. Flow from progressive can indeed get it, and has been able to get it for the last forty years that she's been on television. 
Uh, Aflac duck also can get it. Caveman can get it. The the pig on the uh, jet ski get it. Uh, you know what? Somebody asked if the moon landing's fake. That's a good question. I'm going to answer it right now, very quickly. Uh, I don't know. I don't really care. And more importantly, what is the what's the point? What's the question about the moon va values? What is it? What are you really? What is really going on? Because right, conspiracy theories, the conspiracy theorizing is attempting to create a narrative around a world that uh, doesn't make sense, right? Because we don't have enough information. We fill in the blanks. And then that reflects a greater truth. Like all the I mean, Illuminati stuff and all that, it reflects the reality of capitalism operating as a class, as a stealth class dictatorship. That is reflected in the conspiracy. The conspiracy of the moon landing is basically, we're too stupid to have done that. It's like with the, it's just a, it's a less racist version of the ancient aliens thing. We can't, the, humans can't build fucking pyramids. Humans can't go to the moon. Uh, and I know that there's been plenty bad about the space program, and I know that it's now been co-opted by fucking frauds and hacks like uh, Elon Musk, and a lot of it is rich assholes who are literally trying to escape from us in the event of an apocalypse. Uh, uh, but, god damn it, I'd rather think we can fucking do something like that. Because I don't know how the hell we're going to do anything else that matters if we can't do that. So let's, it's better to believe it happened. Alright. I'm going. Bye-bye. Get some happy grillings. Happy grillings, happy chillings to all and good night.